Welcome to Women Waken, a podcast that helps you heal spiritually from trauma in relationships, childhood, and early life conditioning to shift from a place of codependency to a state of divine feminine love, acceptance, harmony, and abundance. On Women Waken, we begin the journey to waken from the illusion of needing to prove our worth into the divine experience of knowing our worth. I'm your host, Whitney Walker. I'm a licensed mental health therapist, and I specialize in substance abuse, addiction, eating disorders, trauma, and spirituality. I'm also a fellow human being who has faced most of the issues that I explore on this show. On today's guest episode, I speak with the lovely Lori Morse. Lori is a 25-year practitioner of Chinese medicine. She is a healer and an artist. She works with the creative life force of Qi as a liberator of heart health. Lori helps guide women to heart health by tapping into their inner medicine and wellness. On this episode, we focus on the topic of grief, loss, and a broken heart. Primarily, we're exploring how do we get over heartbreak, romantic heartbreak? How do we learn to tap in to both our inner medicine and also the greater source of love. So take a listen and enjoy. Hi, Lori. Welcome to the Women Waking Podcast. Thank you. I'm happy to be here. Thank you for being here. Lori, I'm really excited to get into this conversation with you. We had connected to talk about your work and the things we'd like to explore on the show. And you are a 25-year practitioner of Chinese medicine. You're a healer, you're an artist, and you really focus on guiding women to their heart health by tapping into their inner medicine and wellness. And you help lead women down a path of health, ease, abundance, and love to heal mental, emotional, physical, and spiritual bodies. And you help women to feel empowered, enlightened in their relationships and their life force, life force. So all of this to say, you're really helping people. It sounds like kind of clear out their channels, right? Where they have blocks within like mind, body, spirit. And those blocks often occur from things like grief and loss and a broken heart. Yeah. Yeah. So that's what we wanted to kind of focus on is the unique experience, the unique emotional pain of heartbreak that is very real. Sometimes it really feels like something's just tearing apart in there. Right. Yeah. And it can be so hard, but then it's also the mental part of how do I, you know, I know when I've gone through a breakup, it's like, how can I stop thinking about this person? How do I let it go? How do I get it out of my system? And it sounds like you do that, right? You, you focus on women's systems and how to release. So that's enough out of me, just an introduction for you. Can you tell us more specifically about this work with the, so you use the word, Q, is that chi, Q-I? It could be chi or ki, but okay. in Chinese medicine, they they call it chi. Yeah. Okay, great. Yeah, so take it away, share with us about further into this process and your work would be wonderful. Yeah, well, you know, chi is the, is the best place to start because <laughs> it's just a Chinese word for energy or life force. And I love that you said light force not meaning. And then you corrected yourself and said life force because every particle of, of 
life force on the planet in the universe is light, right? So you were like really tapping into something there. Um, but yeah, the, everything is this energy, right? So we have dense things that we can see like chairs and and then we have like the most refined in Chinese medicine, the most refined kind of chi are our thoughts or our consciousness. And what's really interesting. So before I say that, what another thing I love about Chinese medicine is there is no separation. There's no like um, cordoning off of mental, emotional, physical, and spiritual. It's all like, it's all a part of one big system that when we get out of our own way can operate in this sort of like higher, higher wholeness way. And all of that is coded in our cells. This is, I, I love people to know this because, you know, we have, 50 to 70 trillion cells and in every single cell there's like you know 50 to 70 trillion atoms and every single one of those atoms is a blueprint for this wholeness it's also the light that you mentioned before so my reason for saying that is like that's a lot of wholeness <laughs> in comparison or in counterbalance to the things that we go through as human beings that feel like we're just gonna you know they're gonna take us down like heartbreak and you know loss and that kind of thing um, so yeah, I mean, that's kind of the nutshell version of, of how I, I would, I just make sure that everybody I work with is a hundred percent aligned with every, all that they are. And, you know, 96% of who we are is non-physical. This is kind of an interesting thing, right? Like, you know, it's more consciousness and life force that we don't see than the 4%, which is what we do see. And that's a hard thing because our heart, when our heart's breaking or we've had loss of any kind, really, I mean, it could be for a pet, it could be for a relationship, it could be for a life we didn't have that we thought we were going to have. It could be for, you know, a child, it could be, there's an, any number of ways that we experience loss. I've come to really discover that when our heart is broken open part of what's happening is is the opportunity for us to initiate like to get initiated into the next into the next level of who we really are like part of that wholeness that we mentioned earlier and it isn't always easy um and so there are ways that we can more gracefully navigate through that that heartbreak or that initiation if you will um, you know, or we can just dig our heels in and resist it. And that's what makes it more like a, a, you know, an experience of suffering. Yeah, absolutely. And what popped in my mind, Lori, I'm not sure if you, if this is related, but you said that it can be an initiation. And when I think I actually did an episode about how uh, heartbreak is a catalyst for yeah. growth. And does it have anything to do in your mind with uh, attachment in that when we feel our heart is broken. It's often because we feel that we're losing something and that we needed something and that it's, and you know, of course you're, if you're, especially if it's a emotional, romantic heart, heartbreak, uh, we'll miss somebody yet. Mm. Um, you know, to your point we're we're mostly light beings, energetic beings. We're only, we're very little physical. So it's that it's, I feel like that's, a, it's the attachment to that physical, because in reality, when let's say we lose a relationship, we're there's that person's energy can still be with us. We're just not experiencing okay. them physically. So in the bigger scheme, I mean, in one lifetime, someone not, might not make it to the point where they can break up with somebody and find that peace and just release it. But I think over time, we're all working to evolve to the point where we 
I always use the analogy of a tree. There's a quote I love that says the tree or be like a tree where they birds come and go and they have no preference. So it's like right, we, welcome, right. we experience love. And then when love ends, we trust that it's just the end of that experience and we let it go. So do you think it's an initiation to, to recognizing our attachments to things and where we're sort of holding on to things because breakups happen for a reason, right? It means that everything happens for a reason. Yeah. Everything happens for a reason. So two people's union and coming together has run its course and it's for the highest good of both when a relationship ends yet that we get attached to certain things. Right. So I'd love to hear Mm -hmm. your perspective. Like, is that, is that how you kind of see things or how do you see? Yeah. Well, I, I, I don't think I would use the word attachment, but it comes up all the time. So it's totally reasonable to use that word, but in my worldview or spirit view, it's like everything that happens in our lives. And I, and I like to say for us instead of to us is for the sole purpose of bringing us into more of who we really are. Right. Mm -hmm. And who we really are is already whole, you know, and by the way, you used, you um, used that acronym earlier, uh, health expression, abundance and love. That's an acronym for heal. And that's all we're doing. All of us is we're healing more into ourselves. We're releasing, you know, healing is really the releasing of who we're not. So if we're attached and, and that's part of what's causing our greatest pain, then what if the lesson is, is something like, um, if you're attached to, let's say it was the love, then the, the messaging of it or the intelligence in that is that we, we get to cultivate more of that in our own selves rather than relying on something outside of ourselves. Is that sort of what you were asking? Yeah. Just sort of what is actually going on and what, what can be learned from the, the heartbreak process from that. Yeah. Group. I mean, what can always be learned is, is how can this teach me to open my heart more and be in more connection with my higher presence, my higher self, and let that energy operate through me as me. And we have all kinds of ways in which we don't do that. So <laughs> we have lots of ways that we can practice doing it. Okay. So then what would Chinese medicine say about? Yeah, well, this is where I feel like it gets really quite interesting because the heart in Chinese medicine is the seat of consciousness. And when, you know, we've just been talking about life force and higher presence that, that we can always call it, we can also call it consciousness or energy, right? So it's like the heart is the throne of all of that. And, and just to sort of use the terminology that we did earlier is that if, if our heart gets broken, it's being broken open to more of our, our wholeness, you know, like to the, to the opening that is this energy center called our heart that houses our consciousness so that we can connect into that more and more. I, I like to see my heart now as a, um, like a chalice whereby light is constantly pouring in and kind of filling it to overflowing. Like we see, uh, um, fountains in a park, <laughs> you know, because I know then that spills into all of my cells and anything that is, you know, I'm resisting or that I have pain over, or that I'm still holding as in terms of trauma, you know, or wounds or grief. I mean, some of these energies like if someone loses their child, they can still feel that loss and that grief holding alongside the grace of opening their heart to more love, right? So I'm not talking about just erasing all of these emotions. I'm talking about like evolving ourselves 
beyond them so that they're still present as our life experience in this human experience, but we're more than that. Yeah. So when you work with clients, let's say that you have somebody and I'd like to explore other facets of grief, but if you have somebody who just had a really painful breakup and it's yes. pretty fresh and they are just feeling just that really, cause grief really does feel heavy. I know that when I'm in deep grief, it, I can feel, I feel weighed down. It just feels heavy. I feel literally depressed. It's sort of my system feels depressed. I'm moving slower. I'm wanting to do less. And, and it feels just, just terrible. It feels like you can't get it out. So what do you offer people that they can practice to, even if they they're aware, okay, this is a part of my growth. This is, these are growing pains. This is, it is being broken open so that we can open our hearts and expand our understanding of, of love, of life, of why things come and go and how we can appreciate them. Yeah. How can you help them through that process? What kind of tools can you offer them? Yeah. Yeah. There's, oh gosh, there's, there's a whole toolkit of that, but let's just talk about ones that, you know, we can reach for right in this moment. I think that the first one is being, being willing to turn into the, to the grief rather than resist it or whatever the experience or emotion is, because the resistance is actually what just adds fuel to the fire, leaning into it and letting it flow through us. Chinese medicine is very clear that the human emotions that we have are designed to flow through us, but not become cesspools in us, right? Like <laughs> we're really good at the human level of, of accumulating all this, you know, this hard emotional energy and sort of living in it like quicksand. And, um, and that isn't the design of a human being. So leaning in helps it flow through. And of course, breath, especially for grief, because in Chinese medicine, grief is um, the emotion of the lungs. And so breath is imperative, like a deep breath, you know, and there's a million deep breathing practices that people can find find for themselves. Um, but just the being present with the, the feeling of the grief and breathing with it um, will dissipate a large part of it. And then, you know, then then you can just move on about your life with it, but not stunted by it, if that makes sense. And the other thing, another really simple trick is, is tapping is, you know, EFT emotional freedom technique is a lovely tool and the very simplicity of, I don't know if you can see or if it matters, but this place right between, you know, our breasts and uh, on our sternum, and it's true for men and women, you can just make a loose fist and tap on it, or you can just use three fingers of one hand and just tap on it. And if you do that while you're leaning in and breathing, um, there's a, a pretty good opening or release of, or allowing of the energy to flow. And sometimes if you need to talk out loud, like, like you're talking to a, your, you know, like your dearest friend who would have no judgment about what you say, and you're in a place where no one's hearing you just talk out loud about, wow, this is really, you know, it's really hard. It's heavy. And, and, and talking out loud and just ranting about it. And I don't mean ranting at the top of your lungs, but just, you know, a flow of words while you're tapping um, is, is very moving for that energy. So that's a, a pretty in the moment, quick and easy thing one can do. Okay. So to start moving the energy so that you can sort of feel some relief, is that you, do you think it helps people to feel less grief? As they start well, to... it helps people. I'm going to, I'm not going to say less grief. I'm going to say it helps them to move grief, which is the design of any emotion. All energy is designed to move. It's not designed to be stuck. Um, it's why movement is really important for human body because things get stuck if we don't move and emotions are, are just right up there with them. So, yeah. 
Would you, I mean, I mean, how would you describe the experience, what's going on when somebody is having a heartbreak, when they're grieving from that? Because it does feel very hard to move that energy. It can weigh heavy on you, but it can also just, it can feel almost like a physical illness, even like it's yeah, just absolutely. like, it's just kind of taken over. So again, of course, illness is also like a lack of energy moving through the body and stuck energy. So if these kind of help to move things along, how, yeah, how would you describe like what, what else is going on? Just to give people an idea of like, cause yeah. I, you know, people can mourn the loss of a relationship for like a year and it can, they can feel like, God, I just, I need some relief. Like what can help me move through this? Right. Right. Well, I think, you know, some of the stuff we've talked about just the in the moment things, like, I think that that's really important to give the energy an opening to move. And then as we grieve for long periods of time, I mean, it's no accident that cultures, other cultures, not necessarily the American culture, um, ask for people to give their grief about a year, right? Because it's, it's, it's a thing. It, it isn't something that we can just turn a flip switch, you know, light switch on and flip it off. Mm-hmm. But the other side of that coin is that there, there are, there are beautiful gems in there. Like where in, you know, where in this thing that, that I, that I'm calling grief, what is the common thing that keeps coming up? Do I feel empty? Do I feel like I'll never have love again? You know, whatever the common theme is, then that's the, you know, that's the, um, the come hither, if you will, from our higher self, from our soul to say, Hey, if you look at this, you can evolve yourself into, you know, a kind of love that you were hoping for that you're not getting, that you're no longer going to get from that relationship or whatever the thing you're grieving from accessing love from a higher place. If that makes sense from, from all of us, right. Cause we all have the capacity to, be so filled with love, not, not necessarily romantic love. Romantic love is an experience we get to have in human, in a human form, mm-hmm. but the entire fabric of the universe is made of love. What if there's so much love that we're like, we're drowning ourselves in it. And we can't even see it <laughs> or feel it or know it. Yeah. yeah. Well, that goes back to what you're saying. It's about, it's a growth opportunity. It, you know, sort of breaks things open so you can expand and evolve because again, I, I mean, that's why I use the word attachment is that we think that this is the only love I'll know. You know, I fell in love with this person. We shared something and without it, I have nothing. I don't have love, but what you're speaking to is the idea that you don't need that person to feel love. Love is everywhere. Love is everything. You are mate. You are love. Love is within you. It's also, you know, there's a even greater source of love that isn't that isn't conditional. Cause I think most human relationships still have a lot of conditionality within them, right? We, we don't yet know that well, how to love people unconditionally all the time. And I think right. well, that's what the pets are for. <laughs> yes. All right. Yes. I pets are so there truly are soul companion gifts that show they you teach this. Us the feeling of unconditional love for sure. Absolutely. Absolutely. And they show us the experience of pure joy. Absolutely. If you've ever seen a dog jump out of the car oh, and run into a dog park, they're it's just glorious. It's just the yeah. embodiment of, of joy. So they're true gifts to us in this world. Yet I think that again, people think like I think the the heartbreak is because they they feel they've lost something. In truth, yeah. nothing is lost. Um, but I do think there is something to say about when two people create a connection, 
they they literally almost birth the love is something they birth together right you would birth this whole entity of a relationship and then when it splits you do kind of both take your energy back and that thing is no longer to, is to recalibrate ourselves you know as without having that love as part of our our field anymore. Yeah. yeah yeah and that's hard for us as physical beings it is it is hard i i definitely want to acknowledge that and relationships are our greatest workshops right yeah. like you know, they teach us where all the things are that are, that, you know, that are asking for us to, you know, evolve ourselves into as more. I use that word a lot because I've come to learn that everything is evolving. Everything is is in this sort of dynamic movement. And so I, it just makes sense for me to say it that way. Yes, we can say it's growth. Yes, we can say our soul and our heart is expanding. Um, but relationships teach us that. And if we're attached to one particular love and 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 find ourselves thinking, I'll never have love again, you know, that right there is is the intelligent message. Oh, that's not true because I mean, I it feels true. I'm not negating that. But what if a greater truth, because there's always like what we feel is truth, and then there's a greater truth, right? And so our work, I consider this to be my job as a human being. My job is to is to acknowledge and accept that this is how it's feeling right now and then reach for a greater truth that I may not have I may not have known before and let that teach me who I really am beyond this just this one love that I thought I was attached to yeah and I think that's what a lot of people will say that after a heartbreak they have a strong sense of empowerment they because yeah. if they recognize and realize something that they maybe didn't know before Right. Yes. Which is, well, one is, which is that they are capable of Resil moving on. They're resilient. Yes. Yes. Right. They're able to get through that. They didn't die from this, you know, this deep pain, this deep sadness and that they, and then they do recognize they're like, well, maybe there's even a higher love than this. This was a great, I, I blessed this experience, but again, it ended for a reason. And now I move on to the next. Right. And I think the more that people recognize that they can, I mean, we must acknowledge our feelings. There will always be a sense of loss with the ending of something or with any type of grief yet the quicker that we can learn about, you know, this process and that it's always leading us to for our highest good that we can move on. Yeah, we can we can move into more of ourselves, you know, with with whatever that degree of loss was that that does change over time. It it does become, you know, easier and it. You know, I love the analogy of a um this might be a little flowery, no pun intended for some piece of people, but the the analogy of a, a lotus because the lotus flower grows out of this dark dank mud and it's, you know, it's thick and ugly and nobody, you know, there's no no beauty in that supposedly but then the light pulls this lotus flower up and it becomes this beautiful you know blossom mm -hmm. and i feel like our emotions and our hard stuff and all of the things that we live through that we you know that force us to grow um it's kind of like that mud it's compost it is our compost <laughs> and we we want to resist it and we want to make it go away but what if it is the most nourishing part of our growth you know it's just something to think about how do, would you work with somebody who feels that, who's had a, a, a grief, a loss that they, maybe it's been going on for 20 years and they cannot get rid of it. And it feels impossible to let it go. Would you work with them on accepting that grief or would, do you, have you ever found a way to help somebody rele release grief that felt pretty chronic? 
Yeah, well, I think it's a mixture of all of that. It's there's there has to be a level of acceptance for anything we're going through, right? That's what I mean by the leaning in and turning into rather than resisting cuz the resisting is exhausting and it's like a push pull, it's a tug of war of energy, right? And all any human being really wants is to feel like they're operating in some version of integrity of everything they have access to for themselves, right? So that's that mind body spirit thing. Um, and so I, the first thing I would do is I would, I would work with them on finding acceptance. Um, and then I would ask them who they want to be that's beyond that and facilitate them in living themselves into that. And that may mean that they still feel the grief and it, and for some people it actually does get alchemized and they, and they get to say that they're sort of like no longer a chronic griever. Right. It's going to be and different with, for everyone. Yeah. Would that, would that relate at all to you? You speak of, um, you know, tapping into your inner medicine. Cause just to give an example that maybe you can share, you know, how you would work with this, but I know I have, I mean, you can have, um, grief over a regret, like a regret about maybe a decision you made or something that happened. And you can have grief around the choice you made. And I have something like that in my life, a choice that I made years ago that I, I can't do anything about, but I've felt grief over it ever since. And I can't let go of it but yet. Yeah. I know, I mean, obviously I'm big into tap being, you know, my, my, all my soul's yeah. path connecting with my soul. And this decision had nothing to do with my soul. It had to do with the material world, something I lost that I thought yeah. I needed. And I I'm, I've tried to find ways to connect with my higher self and be like this. You don't have to, this doesn't have to bother you. Like just be more aligned with your soul, but I can't seem to let it go. So, you know, what, what would you say is going on there and how can we also, cause I think also if you can tap into your inner medicine, I, I would imagine that's the sense of love within us that knows that everything is okay. And that we have the source within us to feel fulfilled, right? Because the only reason I regret this decision, and I'm using my own example, cause I think other people have this, right? Sure. If they, we've all made choices or had experiences where we're like, if I just hadn't you know, gone to the store that day, or if I just hadn't, you know, made that decision or then that would have never happened to me. And we can live our whole lives feeling this. What if we can tap into higher power, which knows that everything happens for a reason. And that our acceptance of ourselves does never have to hinge on anything material. So do you have any tips for how to move into that higher state or get into that inner medicine where we can feel a sense of peace and acceptance. Cause you said you help people with acceptance to relieve their grief. So anything you can say for people like me who have this sort of chronic one thing that just feels like it's so hard to make peace with. Yeah. Well, what you're bringing up, I think is, is tapping into the, when we talk about personal medicine, the personal medicine of self-forgiveness. So there's self-acceptance, there's self-compassion and there's self-forgiveness. And those kind of are all a similar, um, you know, energy, if you will. And, um, and I do not know how to do any work with myself without my connection to my higher self, because if I'm disconnected, then it's my head, my human, my human ego, that's trying to like, make the thing happen. <laughs> and I've never found that to be successful. <laughs> Actually, it just causes more, you know, the, the energy to get tangled. But but forgiveness. So here's something that you could play with, Whitney. 
um, that I actually love because forgiveness is an interesting word. Like people are like, oh, sure. Well, trust, trust my higher self. Well, that's easier said than done in, in specific moments when we're supposed to be, you know, or if I fall off this cliff, am I going to be crashing to the ground or am I going to get wings to fly? You know, like, what does that actually mean in, in a moment? One of the ways, so energy is not as fixed as we as a human mind wants to make it, right? Like we think it's linear, we think it's fixed, fixed meaning this thing happened. And yes, this thing happened, but is it as is it more malleable than we give it credit for? So one of the things that I love is to go into a deep, you know, deep or deeper um sort of uh our our still place as still as one can get in their in their in meditation definitely helps with this practicing finding that still place. And then let our consciousness sort of settle a little bit. You know, you can put your hands on your heart, take some nice rhythmic breaths, because as heart math has proven for quite a while, uh, 40 plus years, we get into a coherence in our heart center. And so this is another good thing one can do when they're feeling that, you know, that heartbreak or that heaviness of loss. And go back to that thing you know, it's probably easier for you to pop yourself there. And in your consciousness, so this is on your imaginary screen, imagine that it had worked out a way that would have been more pleasing to you. And, or at the very least, that you, you were, you were less shocked by the way it worked out, you you know, like you can change your response to the thing, if that makes sense. And sort of like, be in that energy as if it's as if it's real right now so you're activating yourself right now to a different response from the thing that happened in the past and you'll want to or you'll need or however you want to put that you'll you'll want to do this as many times until you feel like in this moment now that response is perfectly available to me and then that's actually that's a way of revising the energy, which is a form of forgiveness and acceptance. But mostly it gives you a different energy now in relationship to that thing. Because everything is in the now. And then we have all this past stuff. And then we have all this stuff we want in the future. And really, if we come into our now and we play with the way we would want the energy to be now. So we could even say in in the reference of a heartbreak, what would be my ideal outcome from this heartbreak? Well, I, you know, I'm going to make something up now. I, 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 I find my way through it. I realize I'm more, like you've said, more empowered, stronger, more resilient. And I end up tapping into some source of love and I don't know where it's from, but it's flowing through my own heart. And I like that feeling a lot. In fact, it has a different flavor than the love I felt with my partner that I lost. You know, so I'm going to I'm going to let myself live in this for a while. And and then it becomes part of our fabric. And then we get to consciously design or orchestrate or cultivate or curate our own energy in reference to any one given thing. Yeah. So do you, do you work a lot with clients in this regard and kind of walking through this process? I do. I do. I have, I have found this is a, you know, just a, I have a lot of tools in my bag and this one is newer, like, I don't know, two or three years. And it's like, it's powerful. It's powerful. The thing that someone has to be willing to do is, is find that centered, you know, that quiet center point and revisit whatever the thing is and be willing to 
revise the energy in ways that they would would prefer. And that's helpful for them to feel like, does it make them feel like things happen differently or it just shifts the energy? It shifts the energy now. It shifts our energy now. So we have, here we are now and we have this relationship to this thing we have in the past. And, you know, in your case, the relationship is not really changed that much. There's still this, uh, this, this thing stuck, right? Mm -hmm. So changing your energy now in relationship to, to that, it, it helps tremendously. Do you think that this is related to, because I I think that a lot of, um, when people move from a place of heartbreak to empowerment, it's, I think also a lot has to do with shifting their belief about something. I think we can also stay in grief because we believe maybe that that person didn't love us enough or that, you know, something had gone wrong. But if we shift into the belief of, you know, this happened for the best and actually, you know, I wasn't having my needs met or this wasn't where I, you know, was meant to be. And so I moved on. So when you shift your belief, you can make peace with something, right? Yeah. Well, beliefs, beliefs are part of our consciousness. Mm -hmm. So, yeah. So when we, if we recognize that there's a belief there, and this is similar to the attachment thing or the, or the intelligent message in anything that happens for us that we, that we're having pain over, right? It usually does center around a belief. It's, it's in, it's something in our consciousness that we've, that we're feeding that is no longer serving for us. And it's incumbent upon us as, as a human with a mind, body, heart, and soul (laughs) to adjust that, to adjust it so that it's more serving. So if, and honestly, one of the most, I mean, every human being has to walk through the same, a handful of the same certain doors. I'm, I'm lovable you know, changing a belief from I'm unlovable to I'm lovable, I'm unworthy to I'm worthy, I'm undeserving to I'm deserving. And I'm, you know, I'm not enough to, oh, I'm more than enough, right? Like, and then fear and doubt are in there too. But, you know, those are, those are the big doors that we all walk through. And there's a myriad of experiences that get our attention about one of those doors. I'm using that you know, idea of a door, but it's a doorway to more of who we really are. Oh, if I'm, this is what I say to myself all the time. If I'm, if who I really am is this already whole exquisite light body, and it has extended itself as molecules and atoms that make up this human body that I am. And it extended itself as already whole, then I can't say I'm not whole. I can't say I'm broken. I can't say I'm wounded. I mean, I can, but I'm I'm just organizing my belief around it, right? <laughs> and so then my job is, so that's a lovely, you, we know when something is like our next level or more serving or the the, the truth, the, the greater truth around what we're trying to make the truth, because there's a, just the sort of like resonance in our heart or a calming sense that kind of washes through, then the work isn't done. My job is to live into that as my everyday, all day, 24 seven truth. And for some things that could take a lifetime. And for some things it could take a week, you know, like it just depends on what our overarching um, soul growth plan is for this particular life. Do you have a a daily practice? Because what you're speaking to, I've I have had those moments, right, where I feel okay. I I I think I can find the acceptance for this. I think I can forgive myself, and it lasts for a little bit. But then I can fall back into that pattern of n- ruminating, and you know, sort of we play these games again, whether it's a breakup or a choice we made, where we're like, well, what if I had just done this, or what if this, and we 
but there's, it's futile, right? We can't change the past. And I think that's mm-hmm. when we can come into peace and forgiveness is when we finally decide I'm done with trying to change my past, but that can be a, a very tempting game to play. I think, especially in breakups, I don't know anyone who doesn't spend time going over every conversation and different sure. times and stuff, but, yeah. and, and you have to do it for a while, but it's when you do it for a long time, it's basically just, I mean, it's, it's torture. It's torture. torture. Yes. <laughs> Sure, and it really can haunt you. So, do you have a little practice that, like someone like me who really feels ready to let go of this guilt and regret and and release this grief and tap into that knowing that I don't need any choice to be any different, to be at peace, to have to be connected with love, to be a being of love, and to serve my highest purpose? That's the biggest thing. But Mm -hmm. I think sometimes that things, again, whether it's losing someone that you truly loved or losing something you really thought you needed or wanted, that it can be hard to, to sometimes see that you, you can still connect and still be, I think it comes down to those core things you said that you still are lovable, right. And that Mm -hmm. there isn't anything wrong with you and that, you know, you, you can still belong and be accepted. Yeah. Yeah. I I completely hear what you're saying. So I do have a practice and I'll, and don't let me forget to tell you that. But before, when we get in those, in the, down the rabbit hole, mm-hmm. we are not connected, right? Because when we're connected, we don't go down rabbit holes, right? When we're connected, we're in a different uh, flow or vibration of life. So all the, anytime we're in a, in a rabbit hole, I think the very first thing it should alert us to is, oh, the, the, the only thing that is my job to do right now is to connect. And so that means one has to have a practice for that. That's why I like mindfulness or meditation or, you know, a presence practice, because if we don't have that, that's like just life 101, foundational brick 101. If we don't have that, then we're going to be wobbly and we won't even know how to find our way to connection. Right. So most people I imagine that listen, have some version of that. Right. (laughs) And then the next thing that would be valuable, and, and this is part of my, um, is my, of my personal practice is I ask a gazillion questions of my heart. I think having an, having inquiries about everything that isn't working, it actually um, prevents the ego mind from, from living in a conclusion. So it's either a question or a conclusion. A, A conclusion of the ego mind is I'm unlovable. Why the F did this happen? This was terrible. You know, those are all conclusions that the ego mind makes that keep us in like such a stuck suffering place. But what if we could say things like, you know, higher now for me, I, I now address the, all that is, I, sometimes I say source, sometimes I say spirit, sometimes I say divine love. Sometimes I love divine love. Cause that makes it feel very present to me in my heart, but whatever the address is that one uses it's hand to heart, you know, call, call that energy in and say, how, what is the easiest way I can release this? What is the, if there's anything that I need to be, if there's a gift in this that I've missed, please make it clear and then teach me or help me to release the the energy. Like it's, you know, we have, we have to call that part of ourselves in, in order to do the full release. And then you might add things like, permanently. (laughs) Like I'm tired of this back and forth business. Like you mentioned, it's like you connect and then you, you know, you it's, it's, it's back again. I once in my thirties 
I asked for, I was practicing with co-creation, right? It was like all new to me. And I I made this list of a, of a man that I wanted to have in my life. And the, the guy shows up and he was gay. He's still a dear friend to this life, to this day. But I said to the universe, I'm like, seriously, like, it wasn't that kind of obvious. I mean, today it wouldn't be obvious, but this was like, you know, 30, 35 years ago. And so, you know. And the, what, here's what I heard. This is the important part from the universe. The universe said, you're learning to be a co-creator with life. You must be clear. So asking questions of, that include clarity, that asks for clarity of our heart is a muscle that we should build, that we should be willing to build because it will, it will help the energy unstick. Like when we ask a question and we, and some of the questions we don't get answers to right away. Some, some inquiries I've had for a few months and then all of a sudden, oh, there's the, there's the answer. And it comes in weird places like in a song or, you know, on a magazine cover in the grocery store, that kind kind of weird place or someone, I overhear someone I don't even know, say something. It's like, boom, that's the thing. Right. So I think that inquiries help to unstick the energy and, and living in inquiry. I have journals that I have filled over the years of just asking questions, you know, like that, that has felt very, very, very valuable. The other thing I do is I, I don't even know where I got this. I think my higher self gave it to me is I will put something that I'm really done with, right? Like I've been back and forth with it. I've been on a hamster's wheel with it. You know, the tug of war thing, like we've been talking about, I put it on like a platter from my heart center and I lift it up and I see light coming in and, and basically transforming the energy. And I say, I would like to give you this thing. And then I say it, what it is, please transform all of this energy and feed it back to me as a higher version. And that has worked in many, many occasions quite well. What does that look like? What would that mean to feed it back to you? And like, sort of is it again, sort of like shifting our beliefs about it and giving it back to you as something different than how we're perceiving it? I don't, I don't put any attachment to that. I, I trust that it will come, it will flow back to me in my next breath as, as a feeling of balance. I, I don't really, I don't really do that. I, I, the, the thing that is more important is the surrender, I think is the, is probably the word that it is the overarching theme here for this platter thing. It's a surrendering of the energy and trusting that because I'm surrendering it, it, you know, an energy, we don't lose energy. It just comes back in different forms, right? So it's going to come back as a higher serving energy. Loss is a beautiful example of that. It's like, okay, I, I have, I have, I feel like I've gotten everything I can out of this loss. I, I think that I've seen that, you know, love comes from, grander places or or my own higher self the sacred heart of life <laughs> you know the source of all life and that relying on one little relationship is too limited for who i really am on a you know heart soul level so i think i've gotten that if there's anything else that i've missed please make that clear to me but i'm offering this energy up to you and i trust that you will serve it back to me in whatever form you deem necessary I, because i do trust that my own mind doesn't know how to, uh, you know, label that. If our mind knew how to get us out of loss and grief and all the things, it would have done it by now. That's not. <laughs> yeah, it's not going to happen through our mind. Thank you not. so much for that exercise. And what what I kind of heard as soon as I put my hand on my heart and sort of asked that question was celebrate yourself. 
And I appreciated that a lot because I was, I think about, you know, one of the, I think what leads to the deepest, most challenging grief in in my perception is when you feel rejected. Rejection Mm -hmm. is a really powerful thing that can feel very hurtful and can create a lot of really stoke up those fires of not being lovable. And there's something wrong with me and I don't matter. And some of those deep core beliefs. And that's actually something that I found again, moving towards empowerment and breakup is rather than ruminating over, okay, maybe I wasn't this enough. Maybe I wasn't that enough. Maybe, you know, they're going to find, and having to think about who are they going to go date next can drive you mad, right? Like, well, they're going to be something I'm not, but then it's like, well, wait a minute, I'm throwing away my entire self, my whole repertoire of all the beautiful things I am for this, this, these imagined things that I think weren't, weren't good enough or that they, you know, they didn't want. And so I've really found, and also in past mistakes, it's like, well, that didn't work out, but look at the things that have worked out, right? So celebrating, you know, if you have a grief over a loss, something that you lost or something that happened that you wish so much didn't happen, you can say, but look at what has happened. Or if you lose a relationship and you feel rejected, you can say, okay, well, I may have securities about what might be deficits, but can I shift from that into celebrating who I am and saying, well, guess what? The next person I meet is going to see me as all these things that I am. And I'm going to honor and celebrate those things rather than just feel in this place of despair because I feel and fear that I'm not lovable because I, I, yeah. And I think what you're saying is, is, is overarching umbrella, but what do we do when we don't believe that we're celebrating worthy? Do you know what I mean? And what, and I think that this is just a last really important point. There's always an opposite energy. So rejection is a perfect word, right? When when we're feeling an energy that's taking us down, I always ask, I look for the opposite energy. Sometimes I go to the dictionary, the thesaurus, and I look at all the words that are the opposite of rejection. Because if I'm feeling rejected, there's an energy that is asking for my attention and I find it. And, you know, I love the word acceptance for, for rejection, right? So, and I go, oh, okay. So if I'm feeling rejection, then my personal medicine that already lives in my heart and soul is acceptance. It's accepting me. It's accepting who I am. It's accepting all the things that I am that, okay, this person, you know, is no longer going to have access to, but it's still who I am. And then we can celebrate. Mm-hmm. Right? Yeah. Yeah, definitely. So there's, there's many different means. And I think what can be challenging though is a lot of what we're talking about is just, you know, you talk about doing, um, working with like the life force, it's not tangible. And I think that's challenging for people because a lot of us are very attached to things that we can touch and that we can experience, right? Like that is, but this is, this is the perfect point. We aren't only that. So our work as human beings is to appreciate the things we can touch, but always drop into our heart for that, that, that more stiller, I, you know, the still point is what I like to call it. Eckhart Tolle talks about it too. He talks about the stillness inside and how the stillness speaks. When we practice that, what stillness has to offer us and teach us and speak to us about is so much more rewarding and gratifying than anything we can find on the outside. So that, then that, that's our primary work is to, is to cultivate that relationship. We should have dates with ourselves to cultivate that relationship. When we're dating someone, it's a given we're dating them, right? We're learning about who they are. We're having fun with them. Well, what, what about date nights with our, you know, or date dates period with our, uh, with our higher self, you know? And so that's why I like creativity 
which is one of the gifts that you'll be able to give listeners is when we are playing with anything creative, it's like dates. It's like a date with our, with our higher self, Right. especially if we include that, if we, if we're intentional and not included, but we're intentional about that. Like I'm going to go on a date with my higher self and I'm just going to plant these flowers and I'm just going to notice how I feel inside. And I'm going to, I'm just going to be with myself and, you know, I'm going to see if there's anything this flower has to wisdom to share with me. You know, I mean, it sounds a little flowery. I get it. But anytime we have a date like that and we're intentional about being connected with our, with our inner self, with our heart, we will get so much more bounty from that than we would from anything on the outside. Yeah, absolutely. Well, in those moments, we're truly communing with that higher love. We're in union with all of ourselves. And that's the one thing we want more than anything. And we scratch and claw for it on the outside, including in relationships. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. We think that we, yeah, that we have to fight for it and that we need to hold on to it, but it really, and that is another benefit of a breakup is you do tend to spend some time in solitude and alone and you're with yourself and you know, again, you can go into the dark place where you just sort of ruminate, but when you're ready, you can step out and say, well, how can I experience love? Just me, just myself. Cause I believe a lot of people, that's why some people will rush right into the next relationship. Cause they, yeah, I really, don't want to be with themselves. Yeah. Yeah. They truly believe that they cannot experience love without another, but that's not true. Right. Yes. Love, love comes from within. So even with another, you're, they're just, you know, you're eliciting the love within you by your experience with them, but you don't actually need somebody else to elicit that love. It's yeah, infinite. It's, it's, it's choice everything. to experience life with another person, but we don't get our love from that person. That's no. not the source of our love. Yeah. 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 So I think that's powerful. And and it can be, I think some people will hear that and can't really quite comprehend it, but maybe after a few times it can kind of open up a doorway to, and, and maybe by doing little things like that, right? Like when you do go out in a garden and you see you're kind of detached, like leaving your phone inside and just being outside and connecting with something that's growing and blossoming, that's beautiful. And you're not thinking about how someone else is perceiving you or, and you're just being there and you're noticing that just like this flower, you too are this blossoming, beautiful thing that is a gift Absolutely. to the world. And Absolutely. again, that might sound flowery and woo-woo to people, but it's it's just the truth. And when you can see that, you can say, even if I've been rejected, even if something happened to me that I feel I can can never accept and that feels like the worst thing ever, and even you know, if I feel flawed, just yeah. being here, I am a being of love. I am perfect and a part of the whole, and I can love myself. I can see yeah, myself and- that way. I think another good practice is not fighting what is happening in the present moment. Like we fight it. Yeah. And if, if we could just take a breath, remember, this is our first job. Remember that we are more than what we are experiencing right now and, and accept it and just let it be what it is. It will flow through. You got to practice that to know that that's true. Even on the hardest stuff, even on the hardest stuff, it it will it will work out that way. Unless we give permission to our ego mind to to yank it back and start, you know, getting into its its tailspin. Yeah, and then it's okay if that happens. Just go okay. There's that part of me that really wants to do that a lot because I feel like I feel wronged or whatever, and then just come back. Yeah, and, and that's the work. And sometimes one has to do that incessantly. I know that's been my experience incessantly for days until I could actually just have some relief. Yeah. But was it worth it? Absolutely. And it builds the muscle. 
Yeah, definitely. And another thing that kind of came to me when I was had my hand on my heart was to serve others. And I think that when we're kind of stuck in our own grief and really kind of ruminating, it can be powerful to go out and to connect with somebody else and offer somebody else comfort and care and reassurance that because when you offer somebody else something, you receive it at the same time because you, you've good channel changer. Yeah. 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 And it also just kind of like being out in the garden, it helps you see that no matter what happens to me, I can still be a source of love and comfort to others, no matter yeah, what, even if we I'm are. <laughs> yeah, that's it, what we it's are. That, it's, it's that way because it's, we can't be anything other than that. <laughs> yeah. And then, so no matter what our grief is, we can see that nothing has truly changed about us. It didn't make us defective. Exactly. That's a good point, Whitney. The, the core of who we are never changes. It's, it's hell in a, in a, you know, whatever you want to call it in, in purity, it's unchangeable, it's innocent, and it will never be anything but that. I mean, we can have all kinds of meaning and experiences and stories around that, but our job is to learn from that and come back to that core. Yes, absolutely. Well, Lori, thank you so much for this conversation. I, I, obviously feel strongly about this topic. And I think every, anybody could benefit from hearing it because it really is truly one of the greatest, you know, deviators in life. We can lose ourselves in grief. We can feel like we don't know how to proceed or how to not feel just so regretful and, and unable to love ourselves because of grief and loss, right. Or to be able to enjoy life. Yeah. Yeah. It's a block. It can be a barrier to that for sure. But you, you've done that a couple of times and you've said just our hand to our heart changes the energy. And that's a simple thing to do. I mean, we could do that standing in the grocery store line and it doesn't look too weird, you know? So <laughs> yeah. Wonderful. Well, Lori, thank you so much for joining us. If the audience listening would like to connect with you or work with you, learn more about your work, how can they find you? Yeah, I think the easiest place, and I don't know if you'll have this in the show notes, is the, yep. is the um, URL createtoheelstudio.com. And will you be posting the um, the gift, which is a, it's a, <clears throat> excuse me, a creative healing process on mending your broken heart? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So yeah, just if people feel inclined to explore a little bit of creativity without having to have any, you know, experience in creativity, it's it's a beautiful process to, to mend your broken heart. Thank you so much, Lori. Really enjoyed yeah. this conversation. My Take pleasure. care. Thanks. That wraps up our episode for today. Thank you so much for listening to Women Waken. If you enjoyed this episode, please share it with others and come back for more. If you'd like to connect with the Women Waken community, you can find us on Instagram at Women Waken. And if you follow Women Waken, you can get a free tarot card reading if you just send a DM. I hope you have a wonderful rest of your day and don't forget to let your unique light shine into this world.